Season 4. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or doctor underscore silkworth. Okay, welcome back to a podcast greater than me, you, everybody, than yourself. Uh, my name says so on my birth certificate, John Barleycorn. And, and I'm Sylvia. Yeah, she's Sylvia. <laughs> sorry to sorry to step on you, friend. <laughs> We've only done this twice already today. You think I'd be uh, decent at it by now? <laughs> Joining us all the way from a bar uh, in a hotel. Lobby in uh, 1935, I think, is that gay crowd. Yow, how you doing? <laughs> good, how's it going? Good to see you. Doing good. Thank you for having me on here. I'm super stoked. Went from super fan to on here, so I'm just excited to, you know, talk to you guys. Hell yes. Is that one of those caffeinated bubblies? It is bubbly bounce. You got to get it ordered and delivered to your house too. Is it what is it? Mango passion fruit. Yeah, mango passion fruit. True Love California it. style. <laughs> True. The, the tropical SoCal flavors. Love it. Uh, so, what's going on with you today? A little earlier there for you, Nothing. for us. A lot is going on. Yeah, I just got done with. Um, some meeting stuff. I'm about to be driving to to Nevada, actually, uh, to do some business out there. Cool. Um, yeah. So awesome. big date for today. Well, yeah. So what we're doing with these episodes um, this season, we're going to have 24 episodes, and half of them are going to be like what we're doing today, which is I'm calling in my own snarky way, which I may or may not have told you. I don't remember. These are called burning desires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where I love it when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I just ask somebody who I like to listen talk. Uh, I listen to like to listen to them talk. Uh, I just ask them to come on the show and talk about whatever the fuck they want to talk about, and then we'll have a chat about it. So, um, with that in so mind, so should I come in halfway during the meeting and then completely disregard the topic and then share anyways about you my own do personal that. feelings? You can do that. This is literally your show to run. I would like you to derail it multiple times. <laughs> yes. The way I interpret honesty is me taking up the meeting's time today and talking about my bitch mom. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, family. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're done, right? That's it? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, that was really burning on your, on your conscience. Yeah. So what do you got for us? So I want to talk about the spiritual experience and I kind of want to go over my pet peeve when people automatically identifies the slow and educational variety. Ooh. So that's kind of, I think it's a cop out. I think it's lacking um, the responsibility of taking your own recovery in your own hands. And I've seen people change so dramatically. I just don't think it's that true. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to talk about. I'm, I'm calling y'all out. 
You I know am, who you are. So far, I am on board with the thesis statement. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Let's do it. Yeah. So my name is that gay crowd. You got to say the whole thing, just like a, a pimp named Slickback. So say it with me now. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I love this because it's really simple what it is, a spiritual experience, but it's something that is just so wildly, <sighs> just everyone talks about it. it, has so many different faces, and it becomes very confusing, this overpopulated thing when you, when you go to the rooms. Mm. And for like the newcomer, when I'm sitting in there, and you know, I, my life is derailed, and I hate myself, and I want to die, and I can't stop using, it becomes very confusing. Mm -hmm. So if I can, I want to read a few things and then kind of put my little dabble in there. Um, so I'm in the, the spiritual experience. In the back of the book, it's it's talking about a personality change sufficient enough to bring about recovery from alcoholism, mm -hmm. right? So it is sufficient. So I don't have the power to stay sober, so I need a power that is sufficient, which means it's outside of myself. It's not something I'm doing. And it says it's manifested. It's not, I'm not manifesting the personality change. What I don't know how it is where you guys are at. Where I'm at, it's always promoted that we are doing the self-changing, that we are corrective we're doing corrective actions that we are changing our behaviors that we are working on our defects that we are living by you know uh, philosophical convictions galore right. and it's giving the wrong intention that i have the power and ability to stay sober mm -hmm. you know which is like not tight <laughs> <laughs> it was not my experience you know so when we tell people stuff like that just to go do it it's like, if I could just be a good person, I'd be shooting heroin just being a fucking rad person. Right. And that's it. I'd just be a really good junkie. Yeah. And I'd be kicking it. And, and that's it, you know? But and we, we rarely talk about, like, seek and you will find. And you can be connected to this power. And your life can completely change. But it's the spiritual experience is not this big, otherworldly thing outside of yourself. I went through the book trying to debunk it. I wanted to prove that y'all were talking about Christianity and that it wasn't going to work for me because I've had homo exorcisms and they tried to take the gay demon out of me and shit. Mm. And I wanted to prove this thing wrong by saying, oh, they're talking about like a burning bush experience. It's not going to work for me. Mm. And what I came up with is there's zero times when they're talking about experience that is outside of themselves. It's always internal. It's their ideas, their emotions, their attitudes. Mm. It's the roots, grass, new soil. They, you know, a new world came into view. It's all internal mm. things that are happening. Um, so not to, you know, not to shit on anyone's experience. If you haven't yet had the experience going through the book that you're recovered and you're in a different place and a new person, um, you know, just keep doing that process and maybe ask yourself, where am I at in my steps? Am I truly doing what the book is asking me? Am I, have I truly went through all the requirements am i actually doing this and can i go further with god that's like the big question i want to spark mm. here hell yeah so yeah love it yeah i think a bit, the first thing that comes to my mind immediately um at the end there what you're talking about is uh there is this idea that the spiritual experience that that concept is a nebulous one that is directly correlated with the idea that alcoholism is a nebulous thing and that the solution to it is a nebulous thing. Um, if I think, if I have like a shaky grasp on what the problem is, um, 
I, and I have a shaky grasp on what the solution is, of course I don't understand what the product looks like, you know? Mm. Um, but today, you don't even have to ask me. You don't have to check me on it. You don't have to ask me what it looks like. I know that I've recovered from alcoholism. I know that I've had a personality change. I know that I've had a spiritual experience. I don't hesitate for a moment as to whether that happened for me or not. And when it happened, it was quite noticeable. It was a marked difference. And it was like that, that it was there. It was like suddenly I'm on different footing. When you talked about the roots grasping new soil, um, that type of analogy is used a few times in the book. And like, so like up in Bill's story and then like, uh, with the, the, um, selfishness and self-centeredness description and like the importance of that can't be understated because the core of this thing runs through every part of my life. Right. And the treatment for this thing runs through every part of my life. Like, the people who block themselves off to true surrender to the process don't get that result. Mm. They get maybe some abstinence, maybe comfortable sobriety to a point, um, but a, a third step decision is about utter abandoning yourself to this thing, right? So mm. I think that what you're what you're talking about, what you're getting into, and I feel like you, you probably got a lot more to say about it, but I think that the the nebulous idea of what a spiritual experience looks like is always directly correlated to do you have a clear understanding of the problem and the solution that the book offers? If you don't, like, of course you don't understand what the product is going to look like, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, like, what does it even mean to be recovered? It talks about, like, your reaction has changed. Mm -hmm. Your attitude towards it. That's it. You know, yeah. so, like, when people... It's like, um, well, what's your attitude towards? I was just doing this with a girl. She's got three years. She's killing it. She's like, I just don't feel recovered. Like, what does that even mean? Like, like, do you, are you shaky? Like, do you worry about drinking? Like, no, like you're good girl. Like you just, you, you were just a slave to a beverage, right? <laughs> to, to a mango daiquiri, you know, like you, you're going to throw away your life. And then now you, you can be there with immunity. Because right. you're doing this stuff. That is a big, drastic change. We need to um, highlight that stuff. Like, I feel like we smash. It's like a low self-esteem thing. It's like we smash our own experiences. It's like comes out this little thing like I'm a, it's like an old belief that I'm broken or like, you know, like God's not going to help me or like I see it for other people, but it can't work. It's a narcissist. I yet have the knowledge of that working in my life. And like um, I used to, because I used to be that person. I used to think I was so broken that it couldn't work for me, you know? And it's like, we need to capitalize when we are seeing, lift our fellow, our brothers up and the, you know, meaning not squashing them either when they are having these little moments mm -hmm. and these little changes in thought, because that's what it is. When right. some, a power is entering me, my internal conditional government, external reality, and then my life, life starts changing. Mm -hmm. But it's a something internal, you know? Right. Yeah, I think that... Do you think it's more of like a thing with people not understanding what the book is talking about with the spiritual experience, this educational thing, the focus on that? Or do you think it's more of a thing of like, 
uh, like which which do you see more often? That lack of understanding of what it is, or the prejudice against thinking, oh, this is a religious thing, or this is a certain type of thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be mm-hmm. the educational variety because I like I hear people. I think this is kind of what they just identify at. that way. Yeah, they're they like that's that what I'm gonna no, have. No resources. They just they predestine themselves as that. Right. You know, so I don't know. I think it's a lack of understanding, maybe both. Like, it's not going to happen for me because um, that's for the religious people, you know. And I don't know. Everyone, I like, almost everybody I talk to, it's so rare to have someone say, oh, yeah, God, like, works practically in my life. Mm. You know, like, when I think of God, I don't think of, like, educational and I don't think of <laughs> slow, you know, yeah. like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, you know, like, I, if I'm relying on something slow and educational, I'm fucked. I'm mm. doomed. Like, I might as well just die right now, you know, because that's not going to work for an addict of my variety, right. you know? Um, so, I don't know. I, I love when, because I would tell this to people and people would say, no, you're not. Mm. And it says, God works miraculously, like miracles, you know, like what part of being a, in a spearhead of God's ever advanced creation or the son of God, or like, you know, having God as your all powerful principle. Like what, what part of that is like small and, you know, like (laughs) weak, you know, like what are we, where are we getting this from? Yeah. That's what I don't, I don't really understand it. I think it's kind of like being like recovered and unrecovered uh, or like recovering recovered, you know, Mm -hmm. debate. It's like, um, it's kind of like a cop-out. I say recovering, it means I'm too broken to experience being recovered, so my recovered state is not my responsibility. Right. You know, and it's like I'm kind of, I'm just fucked, you know, so why try? You yeah. know, like, I would just do the grueling process. I think it is a lot of that. I think that, like, um, I mean, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't had the profound lack of anything going on in my life type time to get into who wrote the second appendix or whatever or like what that's about um yeah fuck them i (laughs) think so i love i love appendix too but i i think what has happened is that people like the people who don't even do the stuff in the book take that line out of context i think that that's what we're talking about right um Mm -hmm. Because have I had things happen in my life as a recovered person um, that I would describe as a slowly transforming growth process that was like a secondary or tertiary spiritual awakening type thing? Fuck yeah. Like, of course, right? Um, But the absolute event of like realizing that I was, I had neutrality around alcohol and drugs was a fucking Mm. event. And it was like hard stop. Like you ask me if it happened or didn't happen. There's no, there's no like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and like Mm -hmm. the people who are unsure if they're recovered from alcoholism, if they've had a psychic change with alcoholism have not had it. You've just not Mm. had that. And I think that I think that kind of also goes to the whole, you know, which of these two things is it? It could be more than just two things. There could also be this idea of, like, they've done some of this stuff and had some experiences and, you know, maybe Mm. any number of things. Maybe I'm cutting myself off to it and not really trying. 
the process. Maybe I haven't been presented with the process. Maybe I'm just going to meetings and I don't know any better. Any number of things. But I know that people go into like detox and hear sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, uh, Mm -hmm. educational variety. And they hear these things plucked out of the book, out of context entirely. And they just go, well, that sounds more like a better aspiration than a fundamental transformation overnight of, (laughs) you know, this thing dominating my life. Yeah. Yeah. I I just heard that today. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think there's a real danger in, you know, taking it out of context and going, oh, educational variety, because where am I hoping to get educated? Is it in the meetings, hearing other people talk about their recovery? <laughs> you know, is it gaining self-knowledge? Because, you know, that's a trap. Right. So, um, like you said, I think that's kind of a cop-out, but... For anyone who's saying, like, well, I'm not worthy of being saved and there's not a higher power that cares about me or I'm too broken, I'm beyond this. It's like what I come back to is I am the only person that can limit my higher power. Mm. I'm the Mm. only person that can construct that and say um, it won't work for me. Mm -hmm. And so if you if you get here and you have some conception of a higher power um, or you understand, like. You have this conception of God or like whatever that looks like, stay open minded, you mm-hmm. know, allow that to change and grow. Because if that higher power is, let's just say, a doorknob, <laughs> you might be fucked, you know? Choose something else, right. make it bigger. Yeah. So that, that does speak to the whole like, um, closing yourself off by getting too specific thing where it's like, I think there's a good reason that the book goes to great lengths to to be explicitly telling you like uh yeah you don't need to know what god is <laughs> you know what i mean cuz it's like yeah for for someone like me the more and you you talked about this um i had similar experiences like i i'm growing up people people of religion were not my friends these were people who treated mm. me the worst of any people in my life right in the name of them being holier than me, you know, because they they didn't share my proclivities or whatever, right? And I, here I am just being innocently born whoever I am. This is how I feel. And, like, the whole world of religious people thinks I'm a piece of shit. And that is my interpretation coming to the steps. So it's like, if you're asking me to believe a specific type of thing, you're really painting me into a corner where it becomes harder and harder and harder for me to be open to that. Now, simultaneously, asking me, like a grown adult, to be like, that chair over there, that could be your god. Or an oak tree. And I'm just like, dude. I know. At that point, it's like, do you want this to work? Are You you know what I mean? Like, are you even trying here? Because... That's a whole other thing. I probably... Whatever. Derail time. Let's do it. Okay, so... (laughs) Get it. I I really hate... Because I... Okay. When I say this, like, I had the worst time believing in God. Like, so people mishear that and they think that I just had an easy time. Like, I just told you, I had a homo exorcism. They were speaking in tongues, trying to exorcise a demon out of me, you know? So with good intention, but I had, I had severe prejudice, right? Like, it was not cool. (laughs) We were not cool. Like, I would literally cry and detox anytime we'd go to a church meeting. You know, so when I'm saying that I have experienced, you know, having that 
prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you saying? I just totally blanked out. What were you derailing? Oh, and so for me, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a newcomer, dude. It's like obviously I don't fucking know God. Look at my trashy ass life. You right. know, like we promote this like false spirituality like like you know god i'm gonna and i did this for a long time like a year and a half Mm -hmm. i actually didn't really know god because i wasn't doing the steps but i would pretend to know god and we promote this dishonesty literally people say fake it until you make it Mm -hmm. and then why are we doing that instead of do the steps you will be given a god you don't Mm -hmm. need to find a god what are we doing here creating our own gods Mm -hmm. you know like you will be given an experience so practical and powerful that you'll then believe in it. It's this access you gain access to then a belief in. Belief comes after the access. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I talk to my new guys, like, I, don't lie to me. I know you don't know God. You don't love God. The fuck? You just stole from your roommate, you know? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you're vaping in the church at the meeting, you know? Like, we, we know it. Like, you don't, you know, don't really have this relationship. So um, I just tell them, don't lie to me. You know, it's about honesty and going through I needed to be smacked in the face with God after doing literal hundreds of amends mm-hmm. to then believe, oh, maybe maybe God is real, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think um, I always go back to the thing with Silkworth and the doctor's opinion where it's like very, to me, it's very, very helpful for the spiritual experience to be described, I think, in, in like clinical terms. Um, psychological terms for for him to say, you know, here's this problem, and then it seems like these people need an entire psychic change, and then he says like, oh well, they get that by just following a few simple rules, right? Just doing doing these directions. Um, to me, I I, I can remember because I had the baggage of like being an AA being really ensconced in fellowship recovery and like being very like knowledge heavy on big book recovery with zero practical application of it in my life (laughs) just like really trying to be like like uh, better like this or better like that like you know how do I you know what I mean how do I look Mm -hmm and like stay happy and like it was just it was a bunch of self-will self-knowledge um and a bunch of shit talking and trying to share well and stuff like that Mm. and so i had that and then 15 years of drug addiction and alcoholism and then i'm coming back to aa and i'm just like uh well, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So now I feel extra fucked. Like, I'm back here because I am so fucking out of ideas. And I remember very vividly asking my sponsor, like, can I just think about entire psychic change when we talk about spiritual experience? And he's like, that's exactly what, what we're talking about. Like, we're mm-hmm. we're able to keep it that broad, not because yes. we're like wiggle worming our way into it. It's because that's what we're talking about. Right. We're mm-hmm. when when I say that, like, you could ask me um, if I'm a recovered alcoholic, and I, and without hesitation, I know in the core of my being that I've recovered from alcoholism. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I no longer have a mind that will take me back to the first drink and set off the physical reaction to alcohol. Right. I don't have alcoholic thinking anymore. I have other problems in my life. And mm-hmm. I've had other awakenings that have been gradual processes and things have come about and I've been, you know, an educational variety with those things. But there was literally, for me, a day where I was like, oh, shit, I feel different now. Mm-hmm. And I looked back and I was like, I don't know when this happened, but today I know I am fucking changed. And this is mm. an event in my life. And that that may have come about. I think in hindsight, I'm like, well, there was a process. There was a couple weeks of doing some stuff. And then really, when I got into sponsorship, that's when it really kicked off. But I mean, it was a fucking event when I realized that that was changed in my life, you know? Mm. And that was the psychic change. And it and it's been that way since then, you know? It hasn't gone away, right? So like, mm. will I refer to that as a spiritual experience? Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. it is fundamentally something I could not manufacture myself and I cannot reproduce in anyone else. Mm-hmm. But this process mm-hmm. can every time. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, like I can't pinpoint the exact moment I became like recovered, but I know when I was in a position to where I, I normally would not be able to handle it, I was then different. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big change mm-hmm. for me. You know, like I <laughs> Um, I ended up at this like uh, tweaker sex pad thing. Don't ask. And they <laughs> had meth and sex in front of me, and it was like my thinking was completely changed. My first thought usually would be like, "I'm scared. Fuck him. What is he doing? Why is he, you know how dare he?" My first thought was, "How can I help him?" Mm-hmm. Literally, this guy he was he was in a, a jock strap on the floor, handing me a meth pipe. And I was like, my first thought was, how can I be helpful and not shit on this person that's suffering? Mm. And I got to leave that with, like, integrity, and I felt this, like, protection. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going. There was no fear of using. Mm. It was like something was just different. My thinking was changed, you know? And from someone, like, I used to literally sell my soul and my whole, you know, back in the day to coming here, and, like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and I got to leave there and not shit on them and make them feel like trash, you know, um, and then leave there like cordially. Yeah. It was amazing. It's big. It's huge. Yeah. And I think why this topic is important is because <laughs> you, when you share experiences like that, the miracles that are produced by the process of Alcoholics Anonymous, when you share those miracles in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, you are directly an affront to people's like powder dry abstinence contradiction yes and i have shared stories like that um (laughs) and had immediately the next Mm -hmm. person be like i don't know why you're tempting fate and this and you know it's just it's just like your whole share is now directed at at trying to uh Mm. illuminate how abstinent you are and, and like what a good little avoidant you know mindful person you are <laughs> and how wrong i am that i have like recovered mm. you know? and i don't yeah. have to like fucking not walk down the alcohol aisle at, at kroger or whatever and like um it's a fundamental disbelief that again that the product 
of the 12 steps exists, that that's a real thing, that that could happen. It's just like, mm. that hasn't happened for me sitting on my ass not doing it. Right. So, so it can't happen. Right. Yeah. Do the people yeah. who say that can't work for them, are they doing it or are they just like right. already yeah. taking them And read, read the rest of the chapter. It says contempt prior to investigation. Me thinking I know what the result is before getting involved in the actual action to produce the result is what's going to prevent me from getting the goddamn result. Yep. So when you when you read it, read the rest of the, the page. You know, I know it's it's hard to read, y'all. I get it. <laughs> you know, but we can we we can do it. I believe in us. You know, and, <laughs> and it talks about like, okay, what is slow and educate? Like, I wonder what time frame they're talking about mm-hmm. back in that day too. Yeah, you know, like. People are going through the, the steps in days, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I, I think it, I think they're talking about, like, a month or two. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, the slow educational variety. And it's, like, so different now because we're almost at, like, a grueling stop, Yeah, you know? And, like, that's what we think is slow. It's, like, but they're talking about what, what they think is slow, we would think is too fast, most mm-hmm. people would say. Right. Oh, he's going too quick. <laughs> Can't yeah, get sober like, overnight. I feel like the educational variety interpretation, like now, um, for the rooms that I've been in, is probably like, oh, I got to do my own research and development, right? <laughs> I got to go back out and drink some more and come back and have, like, you know, another mm. three step one experience or something. I'll be real edumacated and ready to go. <laughs> like, but you're right. It was like so fast, um, you know, and the process was like, Man, their recovery rates were so much better than today. They just did the mm-hmm. thing, you know, and they weren't concerned with like how much time they were hanging out in step three or step four, and they weren't concerned that, you know, well, I'm not really feeling warm and fuzzy about this mm-hmm. step. Maybe, maybe I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> it's like, that's not what we're supposed to get from this. Or even like another interpretation of, of your point. What do you think about this? Um, the people in the room not so much like oh i need to do research and development like go go drink or whatever but it's like they're like trying to figure out a program that like works for them mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. instead of like yeah. just doing the fucking thing yeah <laughs> it's like i yeah. have to tailor oh well my program or <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah, just because you drag a Peloton bike or kettlebell set into a yoga studio <laughs> right. does not mean you're doing yoga and it's not okay. Yes. You know, and we're trying to do yoga in here and you're just flailing this thing, you know, like crazy. It's, it's not yoga. You can do whatever you want to do. Like you have the membership, you have the desire to do yoga, whatever, you know, but like just don't fool ourselves with thinking that that's what we're doing you know if it's if it's my own thing i am now placed myself outside mm-hmm. of the bounds of aa mm-hmm. which is the 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 way of living described as the 12 steps in the book mm-hmm. so i can just say i am no longer doing aa and i am taking my responsibility for my own life and doing my own thing we should be saying that instead of my own program because i don't know what that means <laughs> right. you know so let's say because it happens often. Let's say you're in a meeting and all of the shares are presenting the shit that we're talking about right now. What does your share then look like? Um, I usually don't. I would just go up to them after the meeting and then see if they have a sponsor. Um, 
And if they do, then I ask them about alcoholism and see if they want to get a new sponsor. I, I'll hijack sponsors. Um, I usually don't counter share at a meeting level. It's like, we can talk personally about, you know what I mean? It's a bunch of gab. We, we promote this like false humility and stuff. And like this weird, this weird thing at the meeting Wait, level. Say, it's say like, say it again that you don't hijack shares. <laughs> Or that the you don't what? counter share. Say again that you don't counter share. I I don't counter share, dude. Hey, <laughs> I, I thought that was like a computer system thing, not an actual little. I, love it. <laughs> I, thought, I love you, it. thought you had like a super tight setup, not like a a, <laughs> no. a janky little setup. <laughs> no, no, no. She just brought that over today. I'm I'm trying to take advantage of it. No, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's because it, because. Uh, what are we doing? It's not super spiritual masturbation. Yes, like, what not, are we doing here? It's uh, <laughs> is is this uh, is this the picture perfect, spiritually healthy? Uh, my only intent is to be helpful. Uh, guy who's uh, yeah, shitting oh, on someone else's share. <laughs> yeah, anytime like a lady comes in, like I'm just having a really hard time. I want some advice, and then you see all the old crusty timers. You know, they're like, oh, I got some. <laughs> cool shit to say to you you know it's like i've been sober for x amount of years and this is what i think you know it's like just go to them after like and then you can connect on a much more intimate level and i can get their number too mm -hmm. and then i can like talk to them because i have a ton of sponsees that need sponsees too mm -hmm. so it's like i'm on the hunt for them too um yeah i'm very careful when i speak i don't even talk about my spiritual experiences um unless i'm led or guided to at a meeting level, I usually do it only with my sponsees. I don't want to turn what is a beautiful thing of God into this thing that I'm flaunting or, mm. you know, like this, this thing, like, uh, look how cool I am with this or turn it into information. I want to keep that for me and it keeps it like spiritual, you know, um, I'm very careful with what I'm, when I'm saying at a meeting and, because a lot of the times I'll say what I want you to hear so that you'll like me, but I'm yes, using niceness as a selfish tool to get what I want. And that's mm -hmm. not being God-reliant, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's how I connected to you. Um, when I reached out to you is because I carry the, the, the cross of telling the truth regardless of what it does to me. You know, I could, I, I am very, I have charisma. I can very easily say shit that makes everyone laugh and gets people to like me. But instead I go with what God directs me and I say the truth and that contradicts what people are experiencing. They come literally after the meeting to attack me, mm. you know, and to do whatever. But that's what I, I'm, I love you guys enough to say the truth, not to say what is going to make you like me, mm -hmm. you know, because that's what I need when I'm dry. I was dry too. Mm -hmm. I needed the truth. I needed to be told what was up, not don't, you know, cater to my, my emotional appeal, you know, and into a grave, you know, like I need right. to hear, so that's a big thing for me to, to watch out about too. It's like, it's not the most glamorous job, you know, but <laughs> at least at the end of the day, I know that I did what I was inspired to do by God. And I'm God reliant and I'm not, you know, being dictated by the meeting to be this cool AA person at this meeting, you know? Right. So, yeah. And the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is that, the if the spiritual path that i wake up and like actively choose in my 11 step morning meditation every day like in my in in my day when it begins with me doing this 11 step stuff and i'm choosing to be on that path if that was the easy path to be on 
we'd everybody would fucking be doing that path. Everyone would be yeah. choosing that path. Um, instead, what it is is it 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 re- <laughs> refocuses me on this concept of God reliance, which is again an affront to many of the people who I will encounter in my life, let alone in the you know cacophonous realm of self-centeredness and selfishness that is Alcoholics Anonymous, right? You know, if if we're like a gathering of profoundly self-centered people, self will run riot, right? You know, like of course a lot of those people are going to be taken aback by the fact that someone is actively consciously choosing day by day to be on this specific path and doing a specific set of things and that they're getting results from that that those people are not getting you know the the books stuff on step three talks about how and i think it's of great importance that like everyone in my life to a certain extent is going to be running on self-propulsion right Mm -hmm. and that that helps me understand spiritual sickness and other people and and how when i'm butting heads with somebody like i can see a part um where you know they might just be sick like me maybe but more importantly i can understand in human terms like uh there are parts of myself that drive me to make mistakes in my interactions with people right so that's not the easy way to live like waking up and acknowledging that every day and seeking God's guidance is not the easy route. That's not the easy route. No. It is, in my experience, and I feel it's described in the book, the much more rewarding path. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the path of growth. It's certainly the path of recovery uh, for someone like me. But this is the path where you're going to take fucking shots from every direction because yeah. you're consciously acknowledging the desire to not live based on self-propulsion. You're you're yeah. aware of it. You're reaffirming that awareness every day and seeking guidance or something higher, something more competent at running your life. And just in seeking that, you notice more of the shit that ain't that. And it Mm. It can be very affronting, you know? It can be an overwhelming yeah, absolutely. thing. Yeah, you just hit it. Because um, like people say, like, they're like, oh, I want what you have. Like, it's like, no, you don't. You really, you really <laughs> don't. Because it, like, one, the amount of discipline, not self-discipline. It says, it says let, we let God discipline us mm-hmm. in the simple way. We're not self-disciplining, right? So it's like, I get disciplined by God with the new way of life. But people don't understand like what it takes to get there mm-hmm. and like me going to the end of self and literally giving my literal will and life over to God and like what is actually required for me to get some of the benefits that I have. I have a lot of huge moments with God, but it's like people just see the felonies being dropped. They don't see the pact that I made before that with no certainty. I'm supposed to go to at least two years imprisonment and then I'm making a pact with God like, okay, God, I am here with you. I'm going to carry the message in prison for you. Mm. No matter what, my life is yours, God. Whatever we're doing, we're going to do. I represented myself in court. The, the lawyer wasn't even there that day. I um, at This after making amends, too, everyone in AA told me not to do this. Mm. Everyone said, no, well, you know, 
that's a little too drastic. You know, like you, um, they're like, you can't carry the message if you're in jail, you know? And then I had like six months. I didn't even know the book was talking about, like, we do it regardless of like how it's going to affect me. You know, um, it just didn't feel right. I was sickened with what I was doing. I had five felony charges. That I was trying to roll on this single mom. <laughs> I was trying to throw these charges and I have good lawyers and stuff. Eventually I probably would have won. Mm -hmm. My whole family's in law enforcement. We can finagle the system, right. you know, and I've been trying to do this court case for years and it wasn't sitting right with me. And um, something told me inside that I need to go one, do my amends. I went to a meeting before court Two of the people I committed check fraud on and burglary um, were in that meeting. Hmm. Super powerful. I did my amends with them. I appeared and I did my amends with my my PO. <laughs> hmm. uh, sorry, Dan. Um, and then I, <laughs> um, I went to court. I represented myself and then I plead guilty. I said, she has nothing to do with it. I'm here to take responsibility for what I did. Hmm. I did it. All of it. You know, and then five felonies were dropped right off record right there. But I was, that wasn't the result I was looking for. I was completely willing to spend years in, in prison, mm. but with God mm. and just to trust that God's going to take care of me, you know, but people don't see how much, you know, how painful that is yeah. to get to that point where you're ready to do that. Like, it's not something that I just like doing. Mm. I don't like doing that. You know, it's to contemplate that, you know, um, to be not really okay with it, but to know that God has my best interest, you know, um, it's radical. It, it goes to the extent that I'm actually giving my will, my life over to God, you know, is God just for my drugs and alcohol or is God my finances? Mm -hmm. If not, then I'm going to have a lot of money issues. Is God my sex? Mm -hmm. If not, then I'm gonna have a lot of sex issues, you know, and I don't do these things perfectly, but these are areas that I dove into because I had a massive amount of pain. You know, I got sober and went into a gnarly sex addiction, mm. you know, literally bailing on sponsors, banging newcomers, mm. you know, declining sponsorship. And if they ask the sponsor, I'm like, no, I'm going to bang you. That's why I can't sponsor you, mm. you know, and then I do and I never see them again, you know, and then it gets to that pain. I then give my sex life over to God with my new ideal. And then I have a very beautiful relationship now, but it's always to that. It's like giving my finances over. I got $500 in my bank account. God's telling me to make a, a $600 financial amends. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that shit don't make sense. You know, like I got, I had no job at the time for four months. I didn't talk about it to me or anything, but I knew God would take care of me. And I made the financial amends and God repaid me like he always does, mm -hmm. you know, um, literal random money in the mail several times, but it's always been, I get to a point where this is not my money. This is not even my life. I should be dead. This is your money, God. This is their money I'm holding on to. I'm still holding on to it. And I'm fooling myself and thinking that I have something to do with making this money. But it's God's, it's the power of God that lives through me that I'm able to get this cash. Mm. I need to make that amend, you know, regardless of what I think is going to affect me, make me uncomfortable for a little bit. And then I get the, I usually get the reward. Um, that's how it's been for me. Yeah. That's the good shit, though. I mean, as you're as you're saying that to me right now, I feel just like gratitude, you know. And uh, I think someone who has never lived that walk probably mm -hmm. feels <laughs> petrified with fear. <laughs> <laughs> 
because yeah, that's that that's scary shit. But that's the thing. It's like my my stance on this never wavers, um, unless you have sat down and really acknowledged and accepted that you have an abnormal physical reaction to alcohol and that you are incapable of keeping yourself from the first drink on your own power and that maybe some power, you're just willing to admit some power can restore you to sanity and mm. and looked at this page 60 to 63 stuff of self-propulsion and all that stuff, understood the step three decision, voiced it without reservation, quickly did a fourth step, fifth step, six and seven reaffirmation of that decision, listed and approached every conscious amends that you have, mm. repaid all that shit, and daily are doing the disciplines of 10, 11, and 12, including taking other people through that process. Unless you've done that stuff, I don't want to hear your opinion on the spiritual experience. I don't want yeah. to, I don't want to hear what you think it's going to look like, how it's shaping up, how it's going to shape like what that means to you like and I think that we do people who have not done that a disservice by having them speak on it in meetings. Mm. Mm. Which, which is like this happens all the time. Like and and I thought it was beautiful what you said about like you're not expressly going into detail about your your specific spiritual experiences in meetings um and that's not i didn't take that to mean like uh i don't want to scare anyone off or i don't want to i'm ashamed to talk about this or anything like that it's it's like how i take that to, what i take that to mean is that like um Maybe that's not really being understood for what that is in that context of a meeting. They don't get that shit. Right. You know? Like, they just know how to steal shit out of the garbage and go return it at Walmart. <laughs> You're talking about being on the firing line with God and, like, total, you know, uh, reliance on God going into a courtroom. They're like, no, we're <laughs> definitely not doing that, you know? So it's like, how effective am I actually being? Or am I just trying to sound cool again? Mm. You know? It's like, is that actually helpful? <laughs> or Yeah. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. So good. Man, I'm just blown away by, like, your honesty and, and the courage to share that with us. Um, that's, like, really powerful, you know? And I, I know that I can be gripped by fear of you know, fucking paper cut, you know, it just, it doesn't compare to your experiences, but I know that you showing up today and sharing that is going to be like really helpful to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. It's powerful shit. I, it's, it's, uh, one thing that Fred always used to say, um, I'm sure he still says it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Fred? <laughs> Where the fuck is Fred? <laughs> um, something that I, I, that deeply resonated with me is that like, um, with you know the person I was when I came to AA and the person I am now like objectively on paper right like there's no fucking list of things that you do to get from that person to this person there's, mm. there's no there's no map there's no set of directions there's not like a thing you know even the 12 steps 
even that, like, you couldn't be like, yeah, just do all this and that'll happen, because that's not how it works. The 12 Steps is not a transactional relationship with a higher power. It's not like, all right, well, here's my grocery list, God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, this will take you through discomfort, through things that are challenging. And the whole name of the game is deflation of the ego. Like, this, mm-hmm. this will break you down to build you up. And when you talk mm. about uh, the daily disciplines being a you know set of directions for God to discipline us, that's what we're talking about. Like, I don't go through those uncomfortable things because I'm like beefing up on you know my ability to like talk about overcoming problems or whatever. I don't. I don't approach this with that kind of view whatsoever. What, what I'm doing is again, I'm waking up in the morning reaffirming my commitment to this lifestyle, this way of living and what happens mm-hmm. is through that process, I get opportunities to continually surrender to being disciplined and how that presents itself is innumerable ways but Many of them are quite challenging to <laughs> to my ego and my laziness and mm. my desire for things to not change and uh, my desire for things to go a certain way. So had I had a shopping list of, which is another fucking thing that you kind of hear people present to newcomers, like how, what would you want your life to be? Like what is your spiritual experience? What do you want that to look like? What do you want God to look like? All this different stuff. Like, mm-hmm. had I had some kind of list like that, what a what a profoundly pointless distraction, <laughs> right? Because like I, I would not have been able to be like, oh yeah, <laughs> homeowner with a child right. and a, just like di- all these different things where I'm just like, I didn't want that. It's like <laughs> the, the gratitude list thing that you were talking about too, yeah. right? I think about my friend who was like, well, I don't fucking know. I have arms, you know, and his sponsor was like, yes. You <laughs> You know, so wonderful. But it's just like the point is for where I'm at in that moment, like the beauty of my life is completely lost on me. Mm. What do you mean gratitude? Like, you know, I am sweating. I'm like withdrawing. Like I've never been more miserable in my entire life. And I'm here because you said you could help. So like, what else? (laughs) Like destruction of self-centeredness or like this, um, destruction of ego right mm-hmm. and like and a good example is like i i've had this like deep-seated hatred for my brother right mm-hmm. <laughs> for my entire childhood it's like a big focal point of what makes me like a victim of circumstances and things happening outside of myself so i have a lot of stuff invested in self mm-hmm. to hate him right there's a lot of stuff blocking me that i need him to be the criminal in this mm-hmm. position so that i can validate a lot of behaviors because i did some really wicked awful shit to him mm-hmm. you know and he ne- now he needs to be this awful person or i'm a complete evil person right. right um so i went through several i went through like 12 different inventories writing on my brother and right there every time my ego tells me you know, oh, you've already written it on your brother. You know, you're a spiritual person. You love him. You know, like, live and let live, you know? But the thing is, <laughs> I, I didn't forgive him. I, I truly hadn't broken through the, the different aspects of self, which have blocked me from the power, because I hadn't made my amends yet. I was two and a half years into sobriety, 
holding off on one of the biggest demands that I've, I, I have to, have to make, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm unwilling to do it because I'm so blocked. He's this criminal, you know, and after about 12 inventories, I finally got unblocked enough to be willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that is a huge, like I literally used to pray death on him mm-hmm. to God, you know, and <sighs> I was convinced that he was the worst person ever, you know, and it's just crazy. I, I then broke again, I flew out to um, Washington, to Seattle, that I got a Delta airline gift card randomly sent to me just perfectly in time after I set the appointment. God showed up for me again. I went over there, did the most incredibly uncomfortable amends, <laughs> the most awkward amends you'd ever think of, you know, um, just so stricken by fear of how much I drug him through the dirt, man. Like I abused this, this man mm-hmm. heavily, heavily. Um, and I didn't even think there was an opportunity for me to be able to make it up. And from that point, he just wanted to talk his brothers. So my duty was to, to keep an open line of communication to get back his little brother that he lost 12 years ago, you know? Um, And I started talking to him and over a few more years, we developed a really, really beautiful relationship. He, he invited me to go to his wedding as the best man, Hmm. So I'm sitting there with the rings in my pocket that he's entrusting with me for this person who I wish would die. Mm-hmm. I remember I talked, I, I made a prayer to God. I said, kill me as payment for killing him and just have it done. I went from that hurt and that blocked off to sitting there in front of about 300 people, um, which about 50 people I had made personal direct amends to. I didn't owe a single thing to any one of them. My feeling was ecstatic. I sat up that night and I cried for like 30 minutes straight <laughs> while my partner was trying to sleep. I just felt so touched. Yeah, It's like this thing, I almost passed up this relationship with my brother, this union with my family over a resentment. And the fact is, is that he's not an asshole. He was trying to save me the whole time. He would go into the crack spots to get me out to save his little brother. And I would resent him. Right. I was the asshole. You know, I fabricated this whole thing to make it okay. And I almost missed that relationship with my brother from a resentment, you know? So it's like, but a lot of destruction had to happen. Like I had to let go of the the, the story mm-hmm. that I've been telling myself for years mm-hmm. that I convinced other therapists for years, you know? So it got to that point, but crazy. Yeah. So thank you. It's beautiful. It's wow. awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a great chat. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this with us and for, for bearing all of your, <laughs> all of yourself. It's so cool. It's anonymous. So I really don't care. <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's, it's been a great chat. Yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, thank you, Sylvia. This is this is the final recording session of the season. Wow. Yeah, can I get a... That's going to be really confusing if they're not in the order you did them. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you can make fun of our little horn again. <laughs> well, gay crowd. That gay crowd. The gay crowd. Okay. That gay crowd. Our gay crowd. Thank you so much. 
This has been a podcast greater than yourself. A podcast greater than yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.